Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Pretty Powerful Podcast. My name is Angela Gennari, and today I am here with Irina Arazarev. Am I saying that right? Arazarev. Azarayev. Azarayev. Yes. Okay. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Angela. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. So I think you guys are going to really love her because she's got such great entrepreneurial experience, but she actually spent her life in corporate. So she started uh, the BU Laser Clinic, where they are now up to just about to open your seventh location. Is that right? Yes. Yes, yeah, Angela. That's, that's right. We've, we've tapped into the U.S. market. Um, um, I myself come from uh, Toronto, mm-hmm. lived in Toronto for 19 years. We have a sister company there called Canada Med Laser mm. Clinics. And three years ago, when my daughter mentioned to me, Mom, I want to go to Pace University, we've decided to move to New York. And I've tapped into the U.S. market three years ago. And since then, opened up my first location in downtown Brooklyn. Nice. Um, on Flatbush. And since then, we've been doing exceptionally well. Wow. And expand so- to other so tell me what what made you take the leap from corporate to opening your own clinic? You know what I think um learning so much in corporate world, managing people. I yeah. also have an analytical background. And I think the push from my other half was, hey, Irina, you're so strong in numbers, you're so strong in managing and leading a team. Why yeah. didn't you do something of your own? And I've always been a, a huge um you know, fan of beauty, uh, Botox, lasers, facials, all of that. So when you test it on yourself mm-hmm. and you love those treatments, and then when someone says, why don't you you know, try to get into this type of a business? It just worked perfect for me. Yeah, it's, it, it, it was it was a risk there going from corporate to owning something of your own. But I think sometimes you have to get into your discomfort zone to know what you're capable of. Absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. And your corporate background was so different than this. It's not like you had a lot of training into the medical industry, right? Like, tell me about exactly. your corporate background. Corporate background has always been. I was a, a buyer. I, you know, I, again, going from accounting and finance world into the buying and merchandising, and then uh, at the end, just leading the analytical team of, of forecasting the sales um, forecast for, you know, three years, five year, 10 year period. Um, Pandora jewelry is, you know, I, I, my last job was Pandora jewelry. I overseen the North American. Um, They have over 900 locations, mostly franchise owned. So that's one thing that I have had in common with BU laser. Yeah. Um, So leaving that and venturing out into your own um, business again, huge risk. You know, mm-hmm. when someone works nine to five and used to getting paid every other Friday and all of a sudden leaving that and yeah, going yeah. into something 
totally different into the medical world where there's mm -hmm. licenses, certifications, dealing with people, no more product, because I've dealt with product all my yeah. life, dealing with customer service. I think it's a total different uh, field, mm -hmm. but sometimes you surprise yourself when you get into the uncomfort zone and realize what you're capable of. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. I yeah. agree with you. It's so different. Like, you know, we always, it's that fear of taking the leap that holds us back. Mm -hmm. But once we do it, we're like, wow, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? Why didn't I do this five years ago? Like, like I, I'm better than I thought I was going to be at this. Right. And we're going to have hiccups and we're going to have our challenges. But so tell me about some of the challenges that you had in starting your business. Um, the challenges I faced was upon starting my business, I would say the number one thing is we were supposed to open right before COVID started. Ooh. So construction was done. We were working on the marketing assets, launching our first location and boom, we get yeah. COVID. Wow. So that was a first surprise. And our, everyone around me um, said, do not open, do not open in the middle of COVID. Do not even open, wait until COVID is done. I decided to go against all the odds and open in July of 2020, right in the middle of COVID. Wow. Yeah. And having the background of the analytical side, I projected out the numbers before COVID. So I had to sort of go back and reduce the numbers during COVID because I'm like, oh my God, you know, everyone is saying COVID, you know, it's right. a huge, everybody's dealing with it. And, and you know what? This was the first surprise I received as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, seeing the results from July 2020 to December for mm -hmm. that half a year, my results were uh, we surprised surprising enough. We've done triple um, digits versus what originally planned for. So wow. that was a huge yeah. So that was a huge uh, achievement there. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah, it's so yeah. scary when you're in the middle of whether it's a recession or a pandemic and, you know, just knowing that you have to move in order to start, right? Like, is it because if you can't start, you're never going to go anywhere. But also it's a huge risk because nobody can predict the future. We, we couldn't tell when we were going to emerge from COVID in a good way, right? Like we had no idea. Exactly, yeah. And I think the biggest also um, difference I noticed from corporate to owning your business is something like COVID when it's been, you know, it's, it's, it's a pandemic. I had to change all of the plans I originally planned. Yeah. So again, going back to six month year or year and a half planning that I've done mm -hmm. and what I've projected out for my employees, what are the treatments I will be doing? Everything had yeah. to be last minute yeah. changed. And um, so, yeah, that, that was a, that was a nice mm -hmm. <laughs> weekend. Yeah. Well, and then I'm sure you have to add on to your costs with PPE and, and, you know, other things, social distancing, you probably had to incorporate all of that into your business then as well. Absolutely. And I think, and I really do also believe is being compassionate, mm. uh, you know, have that empathy towards what was happening around um, you, around your business. And again, the, we're not dealing with product, we're dealing with treatments. So are we yeah. being careful? Are we being cautious towards people? Um, and it be, it's the new business. So customer cost, customer service is number one. Right. So again, a lot of learning takeaways, but I think if I had to go back, I would not change it in a bit. I would actually go through this again just wow. to just to learn. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's such character building, right? It teaches you what you're built, you know, how you're built. So you realize the resilience that you have and other challenges become minimal. So, you know, once you've been through something like COVID and we shut down for five months in my business. And so I use that time initially to do, you know, little things like Mm -hmm. home repairs that I had been putting off. But then I got into business coaching because I was just looking for a way to reach out and connect with people. And just like the way things have happened, like, I think it worked out the way it was supposed to work out that kind of led me to this podcast. So yeah, so it was, uh, it was an interesting time, but, um, but it does teach you what you're made of. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, um, once you started your first location, um, what then said, okay, I'm ready to expand. Like, how was that expansion? Was it, you know, did you, did you know you wanted to expand before you even started your first one? Yes, um, b- because of the Canadian market, our business, our sister company in Canada did so well. Mm-hmm. We knew the formula to success. All I had to do is um, test it out in U.S. And what is the best state to test it out in is New York. To see mm-hmm. If you can survive in New York, yeah. you can survive anywhere. <laughs> this is true. So the long-term plans was always to expand, but it wasn't to expand in such a short t- short-term time frame. So the success from the first location really was so surprising and really uh, felt rewarding that we just went on with with our next location within a year. Wow, good and, for you. Uh, thought of the, yeah, and thought of the Manhattan. So we're like, all right, now we have a location in Brooklyn. Let's tap into every borough. And the next steps was to uh, venture out to Manhattan location. Wow, that's awesome. The city. Well, yeah. and I'm sure very expensive, which leads me into my next question. How do you finance all this? Are you, you know, as women, I think that sometimes we can have some more challenges when it comes to finding finances, especially institutional finance. So how did you find the the income to be able or the 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 funds to be able to expand rapidly into all these locations? Because I'm in the process of scaling my business right now and it's the most expensive and stressful thing I've ever done. (laughs) So, You know, you know, that's a good question, Angel. Mm -hmm. I would say I've utilized a lot of my, um, a lot of my um, skills that I've had from a corporate world, again, going back to analytics, going back to numbers. So I've, I've taken that the COVID timeframe and analyze the results I'd received from my first location and uh, really was very um, uh, careful with the cost. I was very cost conscious uh, Mm -hmm. and therefore had some revenue that I could invest into the second location. Yeah. Um, There was also uh, learnings and mistakes that we've done from the cost standpoint of view with the first location that we have not repeated into the second location. Mm -hmm. I did not finance anything i really just whatever revenue we've saved that saved up we've implemented at that time also the city location was much cheaper surprising Mm, enough interesting because it was much cheaper than the downtown brooklyn because uh, during covid a lot of people have sort of moved out of the city so it was perfect time to tap into the (laughs) into the real estate and actually rent out um, a great location um, in the city. Wow, that's fantastic. Good for you for capitalizing on that opportunity because you're right. I mean, 
you have to take advantage of those little small wins when you can get them. And, you know, with the self-funding, I did the same thing with mine. Like I just kept reinvesting the money that we would make and your profits went right back into the business and right back into the business. And that just sustained us for years. And, you know, I've had my business now for eight years, but we've, we've self-funded for the entire time because we just reinvested it all back in and it helps with the foundation. It helps with grounding. It also helps with you being more mindful of what you're spending, right? Because if you you have a limited budget, you know, some of these companies that get VC funding, they just spend money like it, it it's meaningless to them because there's this endless pool of resources when you have, you know, venture capital. But with when you're a small business and you're a startup and you're self-funding it and you're reinvesting back in, you're much more more mindful of how you spend that money. Absolutely. And I think I think overall strategic planning, mm-hmm. looking at the looking at your business, learning your business from business from different aspects. Right. Thinking outside of the box, it really, it, it yeah, it, it works. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So, so then you started to think about um, uh, franchising. So how did the franchising model come about? Did you initiate that or did somebody come to you? Oh, yeah. So the, the way it works with our, uh, you know, I, go, I keep going back to the Canadian market. We have four corporate okay. locations uh-huh. and then ventured out to the franchise. So I was waiting to open another corporate. I didn't think of the franchising um, in the first at least three to four years. I said, yeah. you know what, we'll venture out to franchising model only after five years of being open in the U.S., so then I had an opportunity where someone just came in and said, you know what, I love what, what I see in your uh, Brooklyn and Manhattan location. I have the funds. I would love to be part of BU. Is it possible to wow. make me a partner? And that's how we sort of started having that discussion. Um, the best part of the first franchise location and the owner and the operator of the first franchise location, it's a mom of four kids. She has not worked for seven years. And I thought it's a risk I took. And I thought, you know what? What she asked for is she asked for to become her own person. She wanted to really feel that she can prove to her husband that she can be a business savvy female who actually juggles balancing life between, you know, has work-life balance between raising four boys all wow. under the age of seven. Oh my goodness. And and she was actually, and you know what's funny? She was actually expecting one more. Wow. And then I'm like, and then and Jen, and then she says, I saved all this money. My husband and I saved all this money. I mean, I help us venture out into BU. I believe in BU. I think that's one thing that really yeah. um, really um got me going is because of the passion, passion mm-hmm. she had for BU for my brand. And once um, we've done that, I've, we, you know, we were great partners. I've held her by the hand and sort of guided her to the right direction. All I asked from her is make sure that you're invested. Your time is invested into this and yeah. you listen and work with my team because we're here to support you. Mm-hmm. Uh, she opened the, the, the first location, the first franchise location uh, opened in of September 13th, exactly a year ago in Long Island, Long Beach. Uh-huh. And guess what? Another successful outcome. Wow. So we're actually doing a testimonial on her on Monday, a video of her with a testimonial. And I have to tell you, she called me three days ago to tell me she purchased her first home. 
Wow. A nice home in Long Beach. Dream house, she said. Yeah. And she said her exact words were, um, dream, dreams do come true with you. That's so cool. I love so, that yeah. so much. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so it feels good. You know, I've heard if you want to give something, if you want to get something done, give it to a mom because we're really good at multitasking and <laughs> we will make it work somehow. She And you know, it's interesting. <laughs> she actually told me, she goes, I'm so, I've surprised myself yes. that I can juggle between two. And my husband is like, wow, you know, you can do this. That's amazing. Well, good for her. That's a great story. Yeah. So what a, what a perfect first franchise scenario, right? Where you, yes, you actually yes. have a great proven bus business model, not just corporately, but also with your franchise. So that's amazing. Yes, yes, Good for her. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me who inspires you in what you're doing. You know, coming into US originally when I was nine years old as an immigrant from Russia, mm -hmm. I would say I've always learned to surround myself with great strong or i was lucky i guess to be surrounded myself with great strong mentors and leaders mm -hmm. across the board uh, but those mentors and leaders end up being um females wow so it was awesome. my so yeah it was my it was my grandma first she was raised um she's raised four kids on her own um divorced very young very it was she was a very young mom immigrated from russia to to new york um learn to juggle work, never asked for help. And the one thing that she always taught me is to be true to yourself, be, uh, be very focused on your goal. Don't ever give up. doesn't matter if you're, you know, a female or, you know, if don't, don't ever think just because you're a female and you're a mom and you're a single mom, you can't do it. That was at least from her life experience that she learned. She says, stay focused, never give up. And the two words that she taught me, is no such thing as I can't and no such thing as I don't know. Yes. Those yes. two things. No such thing as I can't. And if someone asks you a question, never answer, I don't know. I'll look into it. Let me come back to you. And no such thing as I can't. Always try to see what you can do. because, And, and that's same thing goes for my mom, which is her daughter. Same thing. I think I've surrounded myself with strong mentors and leaders um, that they all immigrated in their mid forties. Uh, and it's not easy to immigrate in your mid forties yeah. with children, yeah. you know, not having an income, not knowing the language. Mm -hmm. And once, um, yeah. So I think that was a huge lesson learning for me at least. Yeah. Very sage advice because, um, yeah, the, the, uh, not, not, limiting yourself in your own beliefs right because i think we're only limited to what we're limited to in our own heads and so yes. if you constantly tell yourself i can't do this and i don't know that and i don't know how to do this then you're limited right but if you yeah. if you see everything as an opportunity to learn or an opportunity to try those are those are the powerful tools that you have to to you know grow and become who you want to be so yeah absolutely. and actually i've implemented that into my three kids as well nice. so when they and i said to them you at least have electronics now you have everything you have all sorts of source of different resources that you can use yeah. so no such thing as i can't and i don't know please like you that's know? exactly right that's exactly <laughs> 
exactly right. So, um, so as women, we give our power away all the time. So it could be something simple like, you know, giving somebody else credit when we've done the hard work on it or, or um, allowing somebody to criticize us and not standing up for ourselves. So can you tell me about a time that you gave your power away and then maybe another time that you stepped into that power? Absolutely. So I'll go back to my corporate world, um, reporting into the CFO. Mm -hmm. um, the CFO, um, the CFO actually had a monthly um, town hall meetings, and I was supposed to. So I was behind the scene, actually preparing everything for him. Yeah. Um, the best part, though, out of this was um, he was always, and when he was doing the town hall in front of the global management team, he was always credited. At one point, I thought, you know what? I wonder if he acknowledges all the hard work I put into this. Because yeah. it's my PowerPoints, it's my presentations. But really, at the end of the day, he did acknowledge. He actually, at one of the town hall meetings, said uh, all the you know all the hard work goes into Irina and her team. And he actually offered for me to run one of the town hall meetings afterwards. Oh, nice! Uh, because he wanted to show that it's okay to share your power. It's okay to um, um, the the one thing I've learned from him that he was not afraid to give up his leadership skills back into his team and show them hey you guys can be as great as leaders as i am that skill i've implemented in my day-to-day -day business right now in bu laser clinics mm -hmm. i always say i always say my success does not come from me my success i'm just behind the scene really doing strategic planning my success comes from my team mm -hmm. i have 27 people on my team nice. uh these girls or the, the the whole team, um, they face day-to-day -day challenges mm -hmm. with the customers, um, with the treatments. Um, so I treat my team as my customers. I treat my team as my family. So in order for me to 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 um to provide great services to them so that way they're happy. And when the customers come in, they feel that great energy. I also would say that believing in them mm -hmm. and showing them that, showing them that, um, and emphasizing on the strong skills that each individual has. You know, one individual can be a great communicator, another individual can be a great leader. And taking those skills and combining, mm -hmm. I think what got me going where I am now. I have seven locations in three years, really, because I'm thankful to the great team I have. Wow. That's outstanding. I love it. Yeah, so, yeah. so how has your team evolved? Um, like how do you, when you're, when you're developing a business and you're going so fast, you guys have gone so fast in three years. Mm -hmm. um, how do you set the foundation for scaling that allows it to happen fairly seamlessly? Like where do Absolutely. you start? Listen, let me first say we're not perfect. There's always yeah mistakes but i think mistakes are good i i used to be afraid to make mistakes because i'm such a perfectionist with numbers mm. that i thought but from mistakes we learn a lot so in the beginning we've made a lot of mistakes we've learned a lot but now i've hired a strong support system a support team for my team so i've got the hr uh, team I've got the accounting team. So, I mean, there's, there is a full team in place to, to support my uh, team. And one thing I would say also is building a, a three month, six month, nine month 
uh, performance reviews, performance. Mm -hmm. um, so we check in all the time. We look at their skills. I also always ask my team, where do you see yourself in a three-year, five-year, seven-year uh, plan? Because I want to see, uh, I don't want to have unhappy, um, like I say to you, I treat my team like customers. I don't want to have unhappy team yeah. members. I really want them to feel like their voice is heard. In the corporate world, it's hard to have your voice heard. In BU Laser Clinic, I want to make sure, hey, I hear your voice. I'm here for you. And then I also identify with HR's help what each team member is skilled for. Okay. Once you hear, once you know what each team member is good at, then we also implemented internal growth. So if a team member started as a front desk receptionist, she doesn't end up being a front desk receptionist. If you speak to any of them, they'll actually tell you the one thing we love about BU Laser is that there's growth. She believes in you. Mm -hmm. So if you put your hard work into it, you're not just going to stay at this level. You're always going to continue to move um, and to grow with the company. I always say, BU will not stay where it is now. And at the, and at the end of 2024, BU will have 25 locations. Wow. So how do you see yourself growing with BU? Mm -hmm. That would be the question I ask my staff. And once I get the answer, we work in partnership with them and the HR team builds a performance or builds a strategic plan for them to have that growth. That's amazing. Yeah, I think that that's one thing as women we do really well is we're we're good at looking at the bigger picture and the community and how it how it impacts our employees. Like I I look at scaling and I look at growth as how is this particular thing going to impact our employees, right? So if I'm bringing yes. on a few key people in my industry, but I know our whole business model is about to change, I'm not changing anything until I have already pinpointed where those people will go in the organization because I people are not disposable, right? So you have to I find agree. you have to find the route for them that where they will their skill sets will be appreciated and will thrive. Yeah. And I think, I honestly think part of leadership also, I've learned a lot from COVID, from mm -hmm. pandemic. I've learned a lot how we think and we operate, we, we you know, during COVID and how people, because the new generation or the next generation has changed, the mindsets yeah. have changed. So how do I um, take my mindset and work with their ways of, I guess, analyzing, thinking, or even working day to day? Yeah. Well, and that a lot sense. of the, the millennial and the, the Gen Z, they, they want meaning in their jobs. They don't just want to come in, do their job and leave at the end of the day. They want it to have a meaning behind it. Yes. They want to have yeah. a purpose. So it's important. It as almost feels like, yeah, it almost feels like it's not a nine to five job. It almost right. feels like, it almost feels like it's part of you. It's who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, as much as you're going to, and that's why I always say your voice is heard. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, that's beautiful. So tell me what advice you would give to 18-year-old you. Oh, my God. This is a good, you know, this is really great because I wish I had that advice. I know. Or I wish I had that guidance. Yes. I think when, because when, that's a good question, because when I think to myself, I didn't really, I didn't really know what to, what to expect at the age of 18. I just wanted to get out and go into the university world and see what it is. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, the, the biggest thing I would say is don't be afraid of change. Mm -hmm. Change is good. Venture out. Try different types of... Don't just stick to... I'm going to be a business analyst. Right. Learn, right. learn different 
categories, different things. See where you see, see what your skills are, what your skill that you you will be surprised. You will surprise yourself. Test yourself. Get into the uncomfort, uh, the discomfort zone, and then measure how high is high. Right. I right. I wish I had those advices. You know, you've got Google. You you got a lot of things to read. A lot of articles. Take risks. Uh, you know, and most importantly, learn, learn, mm. learn, make mistakes and learn from it. Mm-hmm. It, it might be a very broad um, advice, but uh, I guess from it, uh, you know, my, my daughter is 21. My son is 16. I always tell my son, it's a privilege to live in my house. Now that you're living, in my, mm-hmm. <laughs> surviving in my house, learn what you want to be, who you want, what you want to, and don't just say, I want to be a, a computer scientist. Try that. And at the same time, learn, study Bitcoin, study stock market, study this. That way, open up your mind to other things. Don't be um, just in one small zone. And that's it. I just want to be a doctor. And that's it. right, 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 right. Yeah, I know. And, and don't consider everything else that you don't do a failure. Like there was when I was younger growing up, I only wanted to be an attorney. That was the only thing I wanted to do. And when I, put it, when I couldn't afford law school, I considered it a failure. You know, I got out of college. There you go. Like I can't afford law school. Like as much as I, I have the grades to go, I can I can do it. I just couldn't afford it. And so I considered it a failure for a long time. And then, you know, I started into my career. I you know, now own three different companies. And I think to myself, gosh, what would life have been like if I had just, you know, said, nope, it's an attorney or nothing. And I would have never discovered this other part of myself that makes me really happy. So, yeah. And I, yeah. And even me as an immigrant, like I'm going to go, go back to the immigrant. I would say that you living, you're, you know, we're very fortunate to live in a country where sky's the limit. Yeah. So any 18 year old, I would say is, look into what the limits are and how high really is, is high. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, look at you. I mean, this is amazing what you're accomplishing and I'm so proud of yeah. you for what you're doing. And you know, you're you, not Andrew. just, you're not just changing your life. You're changing the lives of so many other people in the, in the industry and who work for you and the franchisees. And so keep doing what you're doing. I think, I think you're thank doing you. amazing things. So thank you, Angela. Thank you. So I just have one more question for you. And what is it that you wish more people knew? I think a lot of people need to know their missions, their goals in life. Mm-hmm. Why are they here? I think we're so invested into surviving, paying bills. You know, it's a survival mode all the time. Uh, going back to the pandemic, what is the purpose of yourself? What is the mm-hmm. purpose of this life? I know it's a little bit of a deep uh, topic, but I think it's important you as individual not to lose yourself in what's happening today. You know, you turn on cnn you turn on you the, the you know you look at all this media all this news but just be true to yourself mm-hmm. what is your purpose what are you here for and also most importantly do not fa- forget the foundation that was implemented into you from your family from the roots yeah absolutely I, this might sound very deep but i think that's important yeah um, to just really be true to yourself and know what's your purpose in life. Because a lot of people in their 50s, in their 40s would wake up and say, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be, I'm not happy. So really to eliminate that, just find out first, 
what is your purpose what do you want to be and what don't just focus on money making income that's all i want i want a great life i want a great car that will come yeah. if the purpose of life is right because then you'll be happy right and once right. you're passionate and happy rest comes absolutely great advice great advice yeah. well thank you so much arena i have really enjoyed our conversation and um how can people find you so you know again uh, www.bulaserclinic we're here for, we offer over 40 treatments from wow. body to from body treatments um to laser to cosmetic injections come and get the botox the fillers yeah um, we also offer morpheus right now you know morpheus is very popular with skin tightening um so a lot of different various treatments we're not here to change you we're here to just enhance your beauty Mm. so we're on instagram at bu laser clinic we're on facebook we're all over social media on google and our website uh and if you want to call us 1-800-355-3308 so we're just there for everyone Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much and keep doing what you're doing and keep crushing it. And I hope you guys are able to franchise everywhere. So thank you very so much. exciting it was a, that you have big plans for that. It was an honor to be on your podcast, Angela. Thank you so much. Happy Friday. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I appreciate all your time. Yes, ma'am. So um, you guys can also find Arena at prettypowerfulpodcast.com. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Have an amazing day, everyone. Thank you so much, Angela. Thank you. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time, and until then, step into your own power.